Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, I'm pleasing him in all respects, I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. His word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I said amen. amen. Good days have come for you again in Jesus' name. Amen. Great days than ever before. That's what you will see in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As the word is coming forth, it's coming with healing power. Amen. I don't have any doubt about that. It's coming with healing power. Amen. It's coming with power to work miracles. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Pay attention and you will receive your own portion of what is being released. Amen. Yeah, that's a matter of fact. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take our seats quickly and get into our teaching. And then we'll rise up again afterwards to continue to pray. Uh, we're taking all the meetings for the first um, month thereabouts this year. Our school of prayer, both Tuesdays and Saturdays, contrary to our usual um, style of having school of prayer only on Tuesdays. And that's because we are focused on doing or, or praying for the year. You know, it's, it's customary for us to pray for a new year. And our, what I want to teach about today, which is be the foundation of our prayer, I tried to do that on Saturday, but it didn't flow. We, are, we have to obey the Spirit, you know. You don't quench the Spirit. When the Spirit is saying something, you don't go by force, say the one you planned to say. So let's see whether he will say that today. I will start it. If it doesn't switch us in another direction, then what you are going to be hearing me teach about, and which we will use to pray, is the fact that the, one of the primary things we use prayer for is to set ourselves right. Did you hear what I said? One of the primary things we use prayer for is to set ourselves correctly, to set ourselves on the right path, in the right direction, to buy the right attitudes. You know, he says you should buy, okay, without money. To buy the right things in life. That's one thing we use prayers for. Prayer is not just to get, you know, that's one mistake we make. We think prayer is about forcing God to do what he doesn't want to do, something he's reluctant to do. He doesn't want to supply. He doesn't want to give us something. He doesn't want to supply. So we'll pray until he will be convinced to start supplying. Let me say that again. God cannot be made to do what he doesn't want to do. If you succeed in doing that, there's a possibility you might succeed in doing that. That's not what prayer is. But if you do succeed in doing that, you will never be blessed by what you get. Are you getting my point? Prayer is to give God the right, the freedom to do that which he wants to do. That is why we pray in accordance with his will. Prayer is to give God the right to do what he wants to do. And that is why we have to pray in accordance with his will. He has given us the authority over many spheres of life. Over your body, you have the authority. Over your home, you have the authority. Over your career, you have the authority. Over your life generally, the authority lies with you. The fact that the authority lies with you does not mean you should use it recklessly. 
one of the things you will learn to do is to take that which God has given you and then you give that back to him. I don't know whether you're getting my point. It's like Samuel. God gave, that's a good sign there. God gives Samuel to Hannah. Then Hannah gives Samuel back to God. So God gives you authority over your life. That's how it, is, it has been. That's a design. That you not take that authority and give it back to him. It is safe like that. Because there are people trying to steal it from you. Oh, yes. Chief amongst them is who? Satan. And because he has so many tricks up his sleeve, it's difficult really to resist him. The only way is to submit to God. So by the time you have submitted to God, by the time he comes to try and collect from you, you don't have any more. I don't know whether you are getting the point. So he comes. In the, is that, is, go and see. James said it. Peter said it. Humble yourselves under. Answer me. What's the next line? Resist the devil. He's humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God that gives you the ability to resist the devil. I hope you're getting my point here. You have to submit to God first before you can resist the devil. In fact, submitting to God is resistance or is resisting the devil. So you cannot just get up and resist the devil in your own might, in your own strength, with your own ability. It is not possible. He will win. Because, you see, life is not about muscle. It's about knowing the right tricks. Can I, can I use that um, um, illustration or use that word? Using the right tricks in life. And the longer you live, the more tricks you have up your sleeve. There was one mafia movie I saw many years ago. At the end of the day, the man said something as it was ending. He said, how easy it is to outweigh the young. And the people he was calling the young were his children. And these people were in their 40s, you know, maybe 50s. But he was an old man. He rearranged the, their so-called family without any of the children knowing that he, that was what he wanted. They just saw things happening. At the end of the day, the way is a novel that was acted into a movie. The man said, he laughed. He said, how easy it is to outwit the young. That is, the older you are, the more you have up your sleeves. Satan has been around for a long time. He walks in the Garden of Eden. I hope you're getting my point. He knows how things work. So, you by yourself can never resist him. As you are resisting him, you are falling for the next trap. The only place where there is safety is to go to someone who is wiser and older. I hope you're getting my point. So the, the only deliverance God offers us from Satan is himself. Thank you. He's himself. And again, just by the way, how Satan gets us is he tells you to do what you're not supposed to do. And there are enough pressures to convince you, to, or let me use the expression, to make you do those things, even though you don't want to. He knows how to get it done. So God doesn't give many explanations. You don't argue with, you don't resist the devil with explanations. This is not good, though. If you check yourself, if you check him, he no go walk. He, don't, he doesn't walk with the devil. Because, listen, the, the amount of wisdom out there is just vast. And naturally speaking, Satan knows more than you do. What you saw that happened between him and Eve, I believe it's just a condensation of what happened, really. Okay? 
And then it's a summary of what happens all the time to all of us. I hope you're getting my point. The only defense, I said God doesn't give many explanations, remember? The only defense God gives is one single instruction. And that was how Jesus resisted him. He just gives you one instruction. You know, like I was telling my children the other time, I said, from this instruction, you learn wisdom. But this is how you start. You start with obeying the instruction. You start with submitting to that instruction. You start with submitting to the wisdom of the person who knows more than you, even though you don't fully understand what he's saying. I look at the world today, I feel sorry for a lot of people. They don't know the wisdom of God. And they act contrary to God's wisdom, trying to satisfy the desires of their flesh and their own intelligent plans. And no matter how intelligent your plans are, once it's not the plan of God you are walking by deliberately, you will fail because your adversary is wiser. That's the point I'm trying to make in all of these things. So, the safety for the authority God has given you is for you to give that authority to the Lord. So it gives you authority over your home. So what do you do with the authority? You can use the authority to get up and say, hey, this family is going to be the best known family in this, in this world. We are going to succeed. So the children, you start educating them. No. You use the authority to say, in this house, we are going to obey the Lord. And you turn to the Lord and say, Lord, as for me and my house, we will serve you. Whatever you say we should do, that's what we will do. So in the house, you are the Lord as the father and the husband. And your co-lord your wife, you know, the two shall become one. Two of you reign over the home. But in agreement, you will say, we will not reign here. Jesus will reign. So you will declare in the home, Jesus is Lord. He's Lord over this home. His kingdom will rule in this place. Our wills, our own opinions are inferior. Over. We subject them to him. That is how you get Satan out of the way. Christians do a lot of praying. Satan, I resist you. I resist you. I resist you. Sorry, is that... Do you see that in the scripture? Anybody praying like that? Apostle, they read the Bible now. You see anything like that? Just think, oh, quickly. Because what you find when Jesus was encountered, all right, with temptations, it is written. He has submitted his will to what the Father said. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. It is written. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God. Only him you will serve. That is, you must understand, Satan was offering him something heavier than any human being had ever seen. All the kingdoms, you don't have to fight. I just hand them, that is, he knew how to arrange it. You remember that our friend, what he told us? That one man told him, give me the, the word. I will offer this amount of sacrifices. Let me give, not give you details of the kind of sacrifice I was talking about. And he said, the whole world will look for you. He said, from the things you have told me that, was, that were, were revealed to you, you are a man that whole world should look for. But you don't have to do anything. Just give me the word. I will offer this number of sacrifices on your behalf. And the whole world will look for you. And let me tell you something. Eh? There are ways to explain away disobedience. Oh, if the whole world will look for me and I become the president of Nigeria... I will now legislate righteousness. I will now make Christianity the official religion of the country. That is how Satan is trapping people every day. He will explain to you that it's God you are doing it for. 
That's why people go and steal money and then come to church and give offerings. Just to show that, you see, after, look, look, it's just to inflate small governments, this thing, or to cheat people small at the end of the day, or deceive people from abroad. By the time we get down to it in Naira, everything comes to like 10 billion Naira. After how much money do I want? And I'll give 5 billion to the church and for missions. That's how many people fall. They think that once they've given God, then it has justified what they did. Like the man in Lagos those days that stole from his employer and gave all the money. In today's Naira, he stole something like 25 million Naira from his office and gave almost all the money to the church. Think about it. Why would he do that? He must have felt that it was the right thing to do. But God says, thou shalt not steal. No matter the justification behind your disobedience, you can't disobey. God doesn't accept. It's the justifications we give that Satan uses, all right, to persuade us to disobey. So go away from those, what is we achieve? Did God say yes? Yes. If he said no, 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 yes, no. Why is it relevant? I remember one clinic I worked many years ago, shortly after NYC in Lagos. I got fired after... Did I tell you how many weeks I worked before I got fired? I think it was three weeks. I got sacked. And this is the, the argument I had with the man that I want to talk about. I noticed after, of course, the advertising in the papers, I saw the advert, I went, applied, I was uh, employed. And then I turned after the first few days, I realized that he virtually ran an, an abortion clinic, which is illegal in Nigeria anyway. So, of course, he ran one clinic, I ran the second clinic in the place when I would be on duty because I did half of the day. After a few days, he realized what I was doing. I wasn't preaching, I don't think I was preaching like that. I was just refusing to attend to people that came. That like, once your sickness is not sickness, something is missing, you are looking for it. I just nicely tell, I'm not the one that looks for missing things. The other guy does, you know, that kind of attitude. So he didn't like that, naturally. So he called me into his, his, his office to discuss the matter. Now, that's what I'm telling the story. He tried to explain how he's helping people. He tried to explain how he gets parental consent when the girls are young. He tried to explain everything. I, I know what I told him. I remember. That's where I'm going. I said, Chief. That, we call our seniors Chief in medicine. I said, Chief, I don't think you are getting my point. You can't persuade me. I can't, I, I'm not trying to persuade you. I just can't do it. That is... I explained to him simply, I said, all these arguments we are going to ogre, it's not necessary. Argue from now till tomorrow. I'm not crossing that line. He said, he's not asking me to do it now. Just, what I'm supposed to just do is to help him date the pregnancy, and then he takes away from there. I said, sir, you know the way it is. We have a proverb in this part of the world. The man that carries the oil and the one that helps him put on his head. I mean, it's called conspiracy in, in love. Conspiracy to commit is what they're telling me to do. I'm sorry, spiritually it's conspiracy. I'm not doing he gave me all kinds of arguments. I, I, I kept on saying, sir, there's no need for this argument. I said, let's just find how we can continue to work together. I treat all the malarias, the, you know, the real sicknesses, people who are really sick, who Satan afflicted, bent over for 12 years, you know, that kind of thing. Let's heal them. He said, no, it won't work. I said, so, sir, I'm sorry, I'm not shifting my ground one inch. He said, I wasn't ready, ready to budge, too. So we have to part ways. So he wrote me a check to cover the part of the month I'd done. And I walked away. 
Look, don't try and explain why righteousness is good. Righteousness is commanded. That's all. Did you hear what I said? Start from the point of commandment. Stop arguing with people. Just say, God will be angry. I will go to hellfire. No, that hellfire thing is good. Once you bring it up, <laughs> you know, when I was serving, this, I, I had the same issue. I served in my own military um, barracks <laughs> somewhere in Taraba State. So one day, so one guy tried to persuade me that, look, I should come and help with this and that. I said, eh, what, terminate pregnancies? I said, no. <laughs> I know they do. He said, why? Doc, why? I said, I will die and go to hell. No, that was my answer I gave him. I said, I don't want to go to hellfire. You know, once you answer like that, eh, you know what? Every man will leave you alone. If you start coming to this argument that, look, life starts from... Mm-mm. You see, that's when people start arguing with you. You know, you have to recognize that... Go, mm, I beg. I just told the guy simply, I will die and go to hell. And you, I want to add new words. That you say, check out. Do you want me to go to hell? When I said, I remember the guy, I remember. You know, no, ah, no. You know he... I put him in a corner. There was no point to argue because, you see, you want me to go to hellfire? You? You're very wicked. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm going to hell. Is it good? <laughs> Once I put the hellfire thing, that shut the whole thing off. Like I said last time, please be notorious for your attitude towards righteousness. I teach my children that all the time. One day, we you know, <laughs> in my office, they went to borrow things. They do it all the time, which is pure lie. I said, all of you better pray. They don't ask me. I said, if anybody asks me, is this thing borrowed? I said, I won't lie for anybody else. Uh, uh, it's like, don't come for the meeting. Better because, what is what you are doing? I said, it's called corruption. It's called corruption. And if anybody does ask me, let me just tell you now. I will talk. We say it like a joke. They will laugh. But I'll keep on ringing it in your ears. If they put me on the seat and say, are these things yours? Or you borrowed, and they now look and say, You answer. I say, Oh, God, I can't go to hellfire. We borrowed it too. The Lord is good. <laughs> What's the point I'm making? Let me get back to where we began from, the main thing. And that's if I, what, what, what's prayer? Prayer is yielding our authority to the Lord. That's what I'm going to say. How Satan takes it from us is through disobedience to the Lord. How the Lord receives it from us. Is true obedience and yielding to his will. That's how it is. I'll say that again. How we yield our authority to the Lord is true obedience to his will, to his word. How Satan takes it from us is true disobedience to the word of God. And remember, somebody is trying to collect it. And the only way you will not lose it is to give it to the Lord. Don't forget, we read from Revelation that the kings... The ten kings gave their power and their authority to the beast. Remember that. He said, but let's read it. It always makes me happy to read that portion. It helps, you know, it helps us illustrate. When he said, the lamb, the, 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 but that he overcome them because he's the king of kings and the lord of lords. And those who are with him, they are what? They're called the chosen and the faithful. Revelation chapter 17. Please notice this. this is what prayer is illustrated for us by the opposite of what that is, the, the opposing party, what, how they are doing it. Let's start from verse 12 to save time. The ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have not yet received the kingdom, 
but they receive authority as kings with the beast for one hour. Revelation 17. I'm in verse 13 now. These have one purpose. What's their purpose? They give their power and authority to what? To whom? So they give the power and authority. That was prayer. And the other side. Our own side. The side of righteousness. So we read verse 14. These will wage war against the Lamb. So you see them waging war, but under the commandment, or under the, what do you call that word? Under the command of the beast, they've yielded their power and their authority to the beast. So you see them waging war, fighting, but they're fighting somebody's purpose. He said, this will wage war against the lamb. And that's what you're seeing in the world today. People every day yield their power and their authority to the beast, and they start waging war against righteousness. Sometimes you wonder what is wrong with this man. That is what is wrong with him. The, the beast does something. He offers people something. Now, people don't realize it. Now, okay, take, take someone like Jesus Christ then. If he had bowed to Satan, he would have been walking under what? The command of the beast. Let's use the expression now. Everything he would have been doing, he would have, I hope you know, he would have had the power to heal. Do you know that? This feedback man is not sure. <laughs> Let me tell you, he would have, because it was after he was anointed, after he has received the Holy Spirit, after the Holy Spirit had come upon him, was when temptation began. Again, you know, we like to digress. That's where the action is, actually, in all these teachings. Many, any, you are giving things in life. Hey, another digression inside the digression. The temptation never stops. Don't think you have overcome the temptation now. It has ended. No. The devil goes to wait for another opportunity. Temptation is coming back. So you are given, that's the digression inside digression. Let's go to the first digression. Forget about the main thing. The first digression is that in this life, you will always be given something. Authority will always be given to you. And Satan will always be there. Power will always be given to you. And Satan will always be there to try and snatch it. You will leave it in your hands, you will think. But what, whose purpose are you now serving is what the issue will be. So, Jesus was given that. He had the power to heal the sick. Satan would not have taken that power to heal the sick from him. No. Those that were supposed to be healed will still have been healed. But at the end of the day, after they will have been healed, who will they worship as a result? That's why you see many churches, they start. The man starts with healing power in his hands. After 10, 15 years, you look at the people in that church and say, are these people Christians? They will not start getting confused. Is this power, was it of God at a particular point in time? Yes, it was. Except that when God gave you that power, somebody came to that same person at the end and said, bow to me. This anointing you are collecting, what has it done for you? Your mates are building houses. They are buying cars. They are flying private jets. They have a house in Abuja, one in Enugu, one in Lagos, two abroad. Bow to me, and you too, you'll make it. Your congregation will become very big. You'll be respected everywhere. I'm sorry to say it. Many people bow every day. Because when you start first collecting that anointing, you know the meaning of freely you have received? Freely. People actually come and collect freely. Yes. And if you don't mortify this flesh and kill the flesh and realize that really, freely you receive though, 
You know what it means freely you received? I'll tell you what it means. It's not your own. Let me tell you freely you received. It's not because you fasted. I've seen fasting here. The amount of fire is not the fasting. I'm sorry. It's not the pr- it's not the praying. It is surprise many people. It's not the praying. There are people that have never prayed any prayer. Serious more than I give my life to Christ. Anointing calls on, comes upon them. Eh? Because sometimes that's what God is doing. And anything, anybody, anything he finds, he will, he will use. It's not your spirituality at all. That's meaning of freely you have received. Don't expect anything for it. Let's just talk about it briefly. You know, I write books. It's an anointing I have. I do. I know many people preach, have preached longer than me. They don't write books. Not, there's no book I have written that's a transcript from anything. Every single book you see that we have out, I sat down. I typed every stroke. Nobody has ever helped me to type anything in those books till today. If they helped me type, it would be those days before I learned how to type. So I wrote. They just converted to digital format. But as I learned to type, I just I typed directly. All the books we have had till today, that's how they have, they have appeared. I have tried to get one or two books done through, through some message I preached. It was so difficult. I said, let me just do the normal way. So it's a gift of God, though. Pastor Bank, you really know how to write. No. It's a gift of God. I, have, I know the way it is. That's why sometimes I'm supposed to write. People have asked me to write this before. I can't. Because when I sit there, the unction does not come. The unction doesn't come. It doesn't flow. But many times I just have to start writing. When I sit down like this, you know, <laughs> I told you the joke that happened in my house. <laughs> One day my wife told the Akinu to help her type something. So Akinu was struggling, typing, typing. So after a while she came and said, you are still on this thing. You haven't finished it. The boy said, I'm trying now. He said, if it's your father now, he will have finished this one and typed two more. The boy said, what? Daddy types were living. He told the mother, said, what? You are comparing me to somebody who types were living. Really, it's an anno- when, I'm, when I'm writing, ah, ask my wife, to get off from there is where the problem will be. I remember once we were in I was writing like that. I was typing. Those days, long ago, this same Akinlo was small. He went and drank um, detergent. So whether he ate or, you know, he found detergent, stuffed it in his mouth. So his mother told me, I did not know I didn't hear it. I continued what I was doing. So I was like, okay, uh, wash his mouth, wash his hand. I don't think he has swallowed it. He swallowed it for me. Don't worry about it. I continued. She came back after a while crying. <laughs> Baby, why are you crying? I came and told you our son ate detergent. You couldn't even get up. So I said, sorry, let me get up now. You know, I was, I mean, anointing is flowing. Detergent, don't worry, you will not die. I'm busy here. <laughs> that day she felt so bad. You know, her first son, her only son, her only offspring, is eating detergent. The father is not moved. You know why? I was writing. It's an anointing. Now, the reason why I'm emphasizing this anointing, anointing, anointing thing. So, when I finish writing, the concept of how do you market the book and make money out of it, that's why I can't stay on my mind. That's why I'm going to tell the story about as an anointing. It's not a natural gift. Don't think so. It's not a natural gift. I can't train you in how I write. What I write, I hardly think about before I sit down on the computer. I told the story several times when I wrote the tract, This is Faith. All right? I, tried, I started a few times. Then one day I sat down, wiped everything I had written before, started again, and finished that thing in, at a sitting without anything prepared. 
I just started and did not get up until I put the final word into the tract. This is faith. Now, what am I going to say? So that's how you know it's not a natural ability. It's not intelligence. It's what? A gift of God. And how did I receive it? Tell me. Freely. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. Freely. He said, because you have received it freely, don't try to monetize it. Just put it there. Let people collect it. That's why worship and sex control, once we finish making all the corrections, start pushing the links out everywhere. The only thing I did with that one is that I use one particular link so I can count how many times it's been downloaded. That's the only thing. That's the only thing I did. And when we put the book, um, should I say yes? I remember when it finally went out the first time. We had to change the one that was on, on, the, on the web. When I finally clicked, you know, like, load, and it showed on our website, where we just click and download. I remember what I said to the Lord. I said, now I have removed the hallowed thing out of my computer. You know, Israel, when they will come with their tithe, they will say, I've removed the hallowed thing out of my house. I said, I've removed it out of my computer. Let the whole world download it. People read it from everywhere. The mail we got once was from Ethiopia. One young woman said whether she could translate to their local language. Their English is not their standard language they speak there. This Amaric or what's it called? Huh? No, Aramaic is, um, is Hebrew. This one is uh, Amaric or something like that. Okay, sorry, if you are from Ethiopia, sorry. I can't remember for sure. That's what people are ready from different. But I was happy. That she, look, she wants her country to read it. Whether we we'll allow them to translate into their local language freely. One joker came to town to preach once I was there. He said, freely and free are two different things. Please, I want to tell you, he was talking, again, nonsense. There's a lot of rubbish talk going on in society. He said, look, freely means it's flowing without interruption. So that he doesn't pray free. He prays freely. He said this in my hearing. I'm not making it up. That when he comes to your house to pray for you, first ask, how much do you have? You will say, oh, God, all I have here is 20 kids. He's never ready for prayer. Now, he didn't say the second part. You're never ready for prayer. So he told the woman, how much do you have in the house? The woman brought 50,000. He said, I first took it and put it in my bag. He said, I'm not a pastor that pretends. I don't pretend about these things. He said, freely and free are two different things. So he doesn't pray free. He prays freely. What does freely mean? That once it's flowing, it will, not be, it will be without interruption. In summary, he spoke nonsense. What did I say? Nonsense. Please don't be afraid to say it's nonsense. Men of God talk nonsense. They lie. Say, but he lied to him. I want lied to us. I was looking at him that day. This kind of thing in your mind, you are stoning him. Free. Freely. It just means make sure you give it out free. I don't know what I said. I hope it makes any sense, some sense to you now. Now, why did I can do that, Apostle? Trying to explain to people that that's where Satan comes in many times. He starts blocking. He starts blocking. He wants to help you. This is how you know it's Satan. He's always concerned about your welfare. Satan never comes to say, No, let's destroy the world. Yeah, you know, I'm the devil. No. You say, what will happen to your children? You are preaching, you are preaching, you are preaching like this. One day this generation will grow. What do you have in place for them? You are going from one place to the other. Your mates have built houses. Now, when you hear that, 
That is Satan talking. I don't even care. That is, I don't care even if it is your mother. Because some people think that my mother cannot be Satan. Your mother is not Satan, but she can be possessed. Peter was possessed at the time. Do you remember that? Jesus looked at him and said, Get behind me, Satan. Sorry for a Catholic, I do not mean any offense. One day, Satan recruited Mary, and she came to mislead the son. And it's not a strange thing. Unless you don't have this flesh. Satan can't use anybody. Say, Pastor Banky, Mother Mary, yes, oh. Did she do that? She did. She gathered with the brethren and sat there, go and call. They came before, I think. He didn't answer. So they said, look, any Catholics among us? They said, yes. So they brought the Catholics amongst them. I mean, no disrespect, we're just joking about it. And they sat down. Say, once his mother calls him, he will answer. Just by the way, have you heard that thing before? That even just, if you are called, it's not true. If you read the Bible well, many times he spoke, this guy, this guy said, excuse me, I'm busy. And that was one time. They said, your mother is calling you, thinking that once his mother calls, there's no son that will not listen. I still had the Reverend Father this December saying that thing. I realized, I said, Reverend Father, sorry, stop saying this. You know it's not true. That draw close to Mary. Once you draw close to Mary, you get close to Jesus, I said. So what's wrong with drawing close to Jesus directly? I'm not saying there's a problem with the one you are seeing. I'm just saying that the direct one, why make it complicated? So anything, is he said it in my hearing? That anything you ask through Mary, Jesus will listen. I said, what if I ask him directly? He said himself that he will always listen. For your information, that day Mary came and Jesus said no. They told him, your mother is looking for you. He said, who's my mother? Now, if you want to know the people that he listens to, he said, these ones that are sitting down here, listening to what I'm saying, obeying the word of God, the same is my mother. So there are many Marys in this world. If you're a woman here, you have been obeying Jesus, put up your hand. You're not sure. All this disobedience, what are you? Okay, by faith, put up your hand. I know that you're not sure. Just by faith, put up your hand. Amen. Jesus, behold the Marys in the house. The same is my mother. That's what he said. I hope you're getting my point. Anyone can be used by Satan to speak the words of Satan. That's what I'm going, that's why I explained that. Mary came that day with the brothers and said, come, let's take you home. And she refused, he refused to listen to her. Why? Because they were concerned about his welfare. All this one you are doing, you are doing. When will the carpentry business blossom? We spent, we sent it to school all these years to get a PhD and even postdoctoral to go and be preaching from one village to another. I told you a story that was told to me of one lady. She was working hard. They said, when will you marry? There are no husbands in the village. Leave the village where you are doing mission work and come to the city. And they found her a husband. I think two or five years later, she was dead. You know why she was dead? Because God said she's no longer useful. Satan focuses you on you. Is my English good? Your welfare is the primary thing he will push your eyes on. Many pastors have started churches there. You know the reason? They want to have something. God didn't call them. One man, I, I, I know him. He said it directly. I was, he said, and I said, some people are interesting, Sha. You can say this. I don't, don't, you, you don't believe that God is real? He said that God didn't call him to start a church. Yes. He said that his gift was in singing. But when they go to minister in places, 
they will, tell, they will treat the pastor specially. So he now said that it's because he doesn't have a church. That's why they don't respect his anointing. So he started a church to gain respect. It sounds stupid, right? If you know how many times I was counseled with that when I started Kingdom World Ministries. Start a church. If you don't, people will not respect you. The person who said that to me, I answered him directly. I am not doing this for respect. But like I always like to add, brethren, I have been respected. Do you know how many places I've gone to? And pastors will say that I have been the greatest blessing to their ministry. Last time I was going to Potakot, one pastor saw, he told me like that. He said, I've been following you for a long time. You have influenced my ministry mightily. He came with his wife. He said, my wife and I. He was giving t- and he's a pastor. And listen, he's not a strange one. He's not a strange one. He's not. One brother told me that one day they were, they were studying their church. Everybody that got up to speak quoted me. So when it was his turn to speak, he said, I'm not quoting you. You've taken over our church. It's not in Enugu here. Very far away. And there are places, I'm not joking about that. I've seen pastors say that, this is what you are doing. Just preach, give it to me. I just go and repeat you in church. I don't think again. What I'm telling you, I'm not joking. This man, the one I'm quoting directly is a Ghanaian. He said that he doesn't bother with anything. He just sits on Saturdays, listens to me, Cramps everything I have said. Then on Sunday he goes to church. And he wasn't ashamed of the gospel. He didn't. <laughs> he wasn't ashamed to say it. I went to preach for one of our brothers in nowhere. I said, sir, where are your messages? He preached preach very, very well. He said, it doesn't record. I said, why don't you record? He said, you have preached everything now. So I'm telling you the truth. He told me, I said, no, Pastor Banky, you have preached everything. So in the church, the only recorded messages are mine. I told him, I saw God doesn't work like that. No, 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 no. Nobody has. He said, like, why am I worrying my head? Then, no. The recorded message that they need is the one I preached in Enugu. I said, sir, no, now this is not right, sir. No. Please, because he preaches very well. But he didn't see any need to record them. So in the church, when you do something good, he will dash you two gigabytes of Pastor Banky's messages. Reward for good behavior. I'm not the one protesting. And this is the same person that was told years ago that start a church, otherwise you will not ha- have respect. Please, I hope you are getting my point. And I told the person who said it to me, I'm not doing it for respect. Now, what am I saying all of these things? Satan tries to snatch our authority. He comes giving us good reasons why we should do things that the Lord does not want us to do. That man said, I know I'm not called to be a pastor, but I need to have my respect. People have told me, convert this thing, just do Sunday services, because you see, all these people are listening to you. They are not, he said, human beings are not loyal. They will give all the offerings on Sunday. So, I, but this person who said this was not my mate, so I couldn't answer him. In my mind, I let them carry the money go now. Nobody, by the way, by the way, by the way, what did I say? Nobody can take away the money that's our own. If you take it away, God will bring it back double from anywhere. That one you carry come out, you'll see college from you. I'm not afraid of it. It's not the number of times people come to the offering to the front to dance. Doesn't in fact, you know, the more they dance, the less they give. Because it's, <laughs> I was you're a pastor now. You know what I'm trying to say. You go see dancing, that is they count the offerings, everything at three five. Ah. <laughs> you see, with the dancing I saw today, so next Sunday nobody dances here because people think you have paid. Go- <laughs> it's not the number of times they dance to the front. And truly, as of today. 
Of course, you know we don't do offering time, blessing time. We just take an announcement. There's an offering basket at the back if you want to give. Of course, most of our money is given directly to the bank. Most night, okay. I would say more than three quarters, at least 80% from people who are not even in Enugu. Many of whom have never come to Enugu. A huge number have never met me or met any of the kingdom workers face to face. God has more wisdom than you have. Just obey him. Satan will be trying to explain. God doesn't explain. Just give you an instruction. Relax. You know, that's, you know it's very funny. This will just tell you relax. So while I'm relaxing, what am I supposed to be doing? Relax, relaxing. Ah, you know, you get confused. Okay? Sometimes I give you a job. Occupy with this until I come. How long will you come? Just until I come. So, okay, he'll soon be back. Five weeks. Five weeks will become five years. Five years will become ten years. Ten years will become fifteen years. You know, when I was younger, I thought fifteen years was eternity. But now I've realized, you know, before that, can God keep Moses in the wilderness for forty years? There are times I've looked and said, Jesus, you know, me too, I don't deal with that now. Don't be small. Don't reach 30 years now. Small, small. Very soon I'll be able to say, I've been there for as long as Moses. So it's good to start your wilderness early. If you think he has stopped the 40-year business, he hasn't. Oh, he hasn't stopped. Do you know, you know Kennedy Hagin? When we heard Kennedy Hagin, we thought that this man came to ministry last year. And then we heard him this year. You know, it was decades later I was listening to his messages. Then one day, don't, you know, it crossed my mind to do small arithmetic. Then it hit me that by the time we were hearing him for the first time, the man had been preaching for over 40 years. No, maybe more like close to 50 years. When we were hearing him for the first time, he had been preaching for close, for over 40 years, close to 50 years. But because he started preaching very early, he took his first church, he became a pastor a week before he turned 19. So if he had been preaching for 40 years, at 40 to 19, what is that? 59. So we heard him when he was in his late 50s. And so young boys who heard him wanted to blow tomorrow. They said, what you need to do is pray in tongues five hours a day. Boys prayed in tongues ten hours a day. You know what happened? Nobody blew anything. They couldn't blow. They will start church. Think after one year, the church will be 500 members. After one year, there are still five, two or three who are gathered in his name. You know what I found out? Hurry. They were in a hurry. They were in a haste. They thought that they didn't realize the people they are following. Let me just, let me not get, take too long there. 40 years, God still does it too. So if I were you, I would enter wilderness as early as possible. Say, Lord, just in case this is your wilderness now, 50 years in my case, let's just enter the age of 10 so that. <laughs> no, really. He still takes time. Don't ever assume that you know. Oh, God, Apostle, I have to finish my message today. But so many things just keep on coming to my mind. The more you know when you want to start something, the more God will frustrate you. He has to prove to you you don't know. Oh, he has to. The more you think you know, the, all the steps you have prepared to make your business grow from uh, 1 million turnover in the first year to. 500 million turnover in the first year. Don't worry. Please, use it quickly because it's going to fail. You know, so start on time. Those, all those ones you kept for the second stage, use all of them in the first year because all of them will fail. All. Okay, now? All of them. It will fail one by one. One by one. You will get frustrated. In fact, you have studied the way Bill Gates did it. Warren Buffett did it. You've even gone to study how the Christian men, like um, Peter Daniels did it. 
you put it together and you say there are certain keys that we need to... Look, said, look, there's a method to these things. You know, these things are not by chance. There's a method to... Have you ever preached and preached those things? I'm looking at them like this. Go ahead. There's a method. There's a way. There, there are certain adjustments we need to make. Once we make those things, you know, you have to put... There's a, I've heard them preaching, Nigerians, Americans, we're looking at them. If you believe it, let me just give you the word of the Lord. Frustration is your portion. You don't need to say amen. It will happen. You know why? God must collect his glory. And it's for your own good, though. So once, see, don't, see, there's no witch against you. All those disappointments you've had since you began, it is God. You know what he was telling you? He doesn't work like that. A man can receive nothing except it is handed to him like this from above. It's not method. Until he hands it to you, you can collect it. If you think method brings it, God will stand against the methods until you are frustrated with the methods. Many people know the, you know the day they will start breaking through. They will sit down and say, God, okay, I beg now. That, did you hear what I said? <laughs> oh, you didn't hear it. I just prayed a powerful prayer there. They just kneel and say, God, please now. Because what did you say? I said, please. <laughs> you think it's in the ordinary eye when Peter said, we have told all night. And caught nothing. He was, some people think uh, he was a baby fisherman. That man had been fishing for as long as Jesus had been alive. Wasn't he a small boy? This guy's not a fisher, small boy. He knew it. He said, We have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nothing. He said, Nevertheless, sir, yeah, at your word, what you need to praise, Lord, give me a word. You, you, you just kneel down one day and say, Look. Please now. Uh-uh. Must I die first? Is it my corpse he wants to bless? When he reached that point, they go and I say, Good. This girl has learned something. This boy has learned something. And I say, Get up tomorrow. No plans. Go late to work. I said, Somebody will knock on the door. We're looking for so and so person. Can I help you? Yes, I hear you can do this so and so and so. Can you do this job this size? Say, No, I can't. I'm a useless man. Your mind, do you? You're like, please, oh God, I don't have time for all of this. Say no. Something they said that you are the reliable person to call for this. Uh-huh. Okay, let me see what I can do. Okay, can we give you like a week to put everything together? They will not be the one pushing you up and down. The biggest job we did before was 15 million. This one is starting at 150. He said, hey, bros, wait, wait, wait. They told you to come to me. No, you start wondering. Ah. Like somebody trying to set you up. No, God said it is time for that breakthrough that you have tried for all these years. I did not come. I wanted to know it's a gift of God. That's why you now realize you didn't go to work. They left business for you in the office. You came to work. Business came to the office. You traveled. Business came to the office. You were sleeping. They called you at night. You put off your phone. As soon as you put it on, messages are dropping. Ah, You now look and say, who begat me all this wealth? Until you are ready to ask that question, you're not ready for God's blessings. Once you think you have sense, you start writing nonsense, God's non-glorifying books, you know, those kind of things. The, the things we needed to do, the keys we pressed. Uh, by the way, hey, Apostle, you know many by the ways. Many of those books you read, lies. Read your Bible first before you read any book. People can lie. Yeah, people can lie. You know why they lie? Do you want to tell you why they lie? I'll tell you. It's because they are book consultants. Where's Dean Woke? They are people who, who are professionals in book marketing. 
These people didn't go to your church. They don't know what you know. So when they read the books, they will look and tell the man, this one will not sell. They will help the man repackage the truth he told inside the book. By the time they finish repackaging it, he can't, he can't recognize the book anymore. But it will sell. Mammon, it will. And then you buying the book don't know it's a book that was packaged only for sale, not because it's true. Let me tell you about the Bible. The Bible is a very, very bad book when it comes to marketing. What do I mean? Why will your heroes be David, who committed adultery? I don't know whether you're getting my point. The Bible is a funny book. The heroes on the Bible, they will tell us that they are bad sides. Normal books, no. Uh-uh. You make it look. Look, you know James Bond? James Bond is a very useless person. But they make it, made it look as if womanizing is good. But in our Bible, our own James Bond died for adultery. Something. God said, making you James Bond is not a big deal. But I will kill you. At the end of the day, we saw our James Bond, hey, did everything. The spy who loved him, killed him. <laughs> Betrayed him. Are you getting my point? Yes, the Bible is not sugar-coated in any way. No sugar-coating. People who committed their lives to the Lord, saved him and saved him and saved him, they beheaded them. And he wrote the story inside. Is that to encourage us or to discourage us from service? You'll be looking like God. Ah. People saved you. And they were shipwrecked this number of times. Modern day service is private jet reward. What is all this shipwrecking? That is why, listen, read the Bible. It tells the truth. That's why I wrote the book, Beyond Gifts and Talents. James Bond is a lie. Many of these people that write books on how to be rich, they lie. They lie. There are a few truths we find here and even from their mouths. People like, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, no, there's someone I'm trying to remember now. The blind singer. Steve Wonder. Steve Wonder says something that, after being in that business for a long time, he does not understand why some people make it and some people don't. He was honest about it. He said he does not understand why some people make it and some people don't. That it's as if this thing just given to some people. I won't mention names, though. There's one, one, there are two prominent Nigerian musicians that they are top, 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 top. You won't know which one I'm talking about. I used to wonder which song did he sing? Because you know, you hear the names everywhere. I don't know their music much. So one day I was asking, was it my wife I was asking, which one this guy sings? So I kind of had to go to YouTube, put his name to see, okay, which one is your own self? Now, now this song where you sing, everybody shouts, <laughs> do you know I was disappointed? There are some of them you hear, the, you know, when you hear their voice, you know, this guy, God gifted him with a voice. You hear the kind of song, the way they mix it, everything. But this guy, I heard him. I just heard everybody just jumping over there. Eh, 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 eh. I said, nothing. Even if I wanted to go mad, there's nothing to repeat. You know, you, know, you hear songs like, eh, bros, what is all of this now? And then they'll be jumping up and down. And you see young people going mad over it. Sivonda said, he too doesn't understand. Sivonda said, he doesn't understand. That Backup singers that help these people. They are as good as they are. He called, is, this, is it 20 feet from stardom? Yet, they go do their own album, nobody remembers. So when you are reading books, when they tell you there's a way, there's no way. Oh, let me finish that message. I get back to the meeting where I say, what are you supposed to do? Learn righteousness. What are you supposed to do? Learn faithfulness. Learn that which is pleasing to God in everything that you do. Once you've learned that, 
do those things regularly, then anything you want, ask the Lord for it. There are certain prayers I'm praying for kingdom word now. They are not very spiritual prayers. They are, what I'm trying to say is that I've prayed the spiritual prayers already. Are you, I hope you get my point. There are some other things I just said, Lord, add to us. The kind of things, the kind of cost financially, no, I don't bother thinking about it. Because I that God doesn't like me thinking about it. And what am I doing about it? I'll be honest with you. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I have found out that I can ask God for anything. If we start traveling, maybe today you hear that I went to Malawi. Next week you hear I went to Ghana. Then one day I went to East Africa for the day. You won't know. Just start praying for a private jet because, bros, traveling to all those places on commercial jets is how to be inefficient in this life. If you don't want to go, don't go. I hope you're getting my point. Or go and go and stay. Then come back after a few weeks. But to be jumping, junketed, if I have to jump and junket, I will pray. I won't tell you about it. One day I just say, guys, who wants to fly private? We have a plane at the airport. Are you serious? When did it happen? How? It's called God. And I won't be joking about it. To be the truth. What am I talking about, about that? I am not afraid to pray such prayers. I won't change what I'm teaching. I won't change what I'm preaching. Not one bit, but I will pray the prayer. And if it is necessary, the Lord will answer it. It's not just for preachers, though. It's for every single person. No matter what you are doing, like, let me go back again. What are you supposed to do? Learn righteousness. Learn faithfulness. Practice them regularly. Then ask God for anything you want. Hear what I said? How many things? Anything. Anything. What kind of thing? Anything, anything at all. Anything at all. See, just don't break any rule when you're asking. What I'm going to say, in trying to achieve it. For example, say, God, please, I want to have um, hotels that maybe you are, you, are, you, are, you are into a hospitality business. Say, I want a hotel that has 1,000 rooms. I hope you know that is big. You know it's not small. Ask for it and leave it there. It's not too much to... You know, if you know this, our God... He will build you one that has 1,005 rooms. And he will fill it up to 75% capacity minimum every day. There are times it will fill to the brim. I know he does such things sometimes for the fun of it. Why did he give Peter fish? Was Peter hungry? No. He gave Peter fish because let's just give you fish so that you will understand that there's no need to kill yourself looking for fish. Because as soon as he finished giving Peter fish, Peter abandoned the fish and followed him. So, let's not fall for the temptation of Satan. I know where we began from. In case you think I've missed my way, I haven't. The way you're looking at me, I have not lost my direction. I know where I began from. I'm giving us how to resist Satan. Remember that? That's not by shouting I resist Satan. In fact, one thing I wanted to say is that many of the prayers we pray, they are, on, they, they are actually unnecessary prayers. But they became necessary because we are running the right dire- wrong direction. Did you hear what I said? Okay, let me explain it again. Well, let me say it again, then I'll explain. Many of the prayers we pray, they are not necessary prayers. But they have become necessary because we are running in the wrong direction. Jesus said what? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What will happen as a result? All other things will be added. So if they are not added, if they are not added, or let me put it like this. If we are not seeking the kingdom, not seeking his righteousness, so they are not added, 
So we'll now, we'll now turn the lack of addition to what? A prayer point. This night you will not sleep. You will say to God, add to me. Add to me. Add to me. Lord, don't pass me by pray. Then we will pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. So tomorrow we'll continue. We will not sleep until we have a breakthrough. God must break through. Uh -uh. Addition is our portion. Abby, yes. Then, we'll now say, after some time, of no addition. There must be something, like somebody said once. I was, don't laugh at me or what I'm about to say. I was in a church once. One man was preaching. He said, you have confessed the word. We have praised God. What's the other thing he said that they have done? We have prayed. We have worshipped. But it's not yet working. That he went to God to pray and said, God, why is it not working? He said, God said to him, they are not servicing the prophet. <laughs> I told him, he's talking nonsense. I thought he that day. I looked at the guy. I said, I, you know, there are times people are preaching. I'm looking at him. I said, do you plan for long life? Because the way you're preaching, the way you are preaching, God has to injure somebody along the line. This kind of preaching cannot prosper. You can't be lying like this. He said, so what we need to do now to prosper? Everybody must look for a prophet and start servicing the prophet. I looked and said, this is supposed to be a joke. And this is the way the guy was ginger, you know. I was ever seen ginger over nonsense. You're just ginger. I said, can't you see you are lying? Please, so let me just advise you. When you want to lie, don't ginger. So that we will know it's a lie. <laughs> when your ginger is so loud like this, you, you know, we start wondering, that, are we normal? People do such things. They are always looking for one thing to add to it. Say, we are not servicing the prophet. My wife said, what I say is talking nonsense. I mean, let him go away. So it's excited to give him pulpit. You know, some people, if you give me this microphone, their head won't work again. Every day they've been saying, say, hey, one day I'll be like Pastor King. I will hold the microphone. I will speak on radio. I will be interviewed on word versus word. I'll call my own truth versus triumph. <laughs> <laughs> then one day, they will now invite him to radio to speak. When he opens his mouth to talk, those who are at home will be like, is that guy inside that station? Is he all right? It's not his fault. Though. Please forgive him. He's been driven off this thing forever. Microphone is intoxicating. But I thank God for those of us who use it. Our madness is not too extreme. It's just small. But <laughs> the Lord is good. Now, what I wanted to say. So sometimes, people are there praying. Ah, God says, Relax. Just face the right direction. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All other things will be what? Added. If they are not being added, maybe the first place you should check is that maybe it is, I'm not facing the right direction. Maybe I'm not seeking the kingdom of God. Maybe I'm not seeking his righteousness. Because if he's not a liar, ah, why is it not happening? The way he said it should happen. Back to where we began from. So the, one of the fundamental things we do with prayer is to align ourselves in the right direction. And that's where we began from. Thank God we have, we have come back to it. It's one of the fundamental things we do with prayer. And you know the truth? The sad side of it is this. It's not often the focus of the church. It's a colossal tragedy that we have focused the prayers on the enemy. 
I hope you're getting my point. The focus has been on the enemy. This is an African mindset. Once I'm not doing right, or I'm not making the progress I'm supposed, I, I think I should be making, I start looking for who is responsible. If somebody dies, we want to know who killed him. Meanwhile, many times he killed himself. I told you what happened to my friend. He was driving, he, he took a taxi to take him to a back lake. He had a cow. Why I just took the taxi was simply because he didn't want to drive. His car is very good. He has a good car. Took a taxi. So he slept, not knowing that the taxi man too was planning to sleep. What woke him up was, was the jarring of the car, as the car was bumping crazily. At that time, the driver too woke up. The car had gone off the road. They were running into the bush. And there was a big tree in front of them. They were about to run into the tree. How God saved, saved him was that the ground there was really soft. So the car sank finally just before it hit the tree. So it sank into the earth. That's not the gist. The gist is that the driver came out and said, Ha! Ah, who is doing this to me? <laughs> that was the question he asked. Why did he ask the question? This was the second time it was happening in less than a month. It did not cross his mind that if you will not sleep during the day, you have to sleep at night. What was his own issue? Who is doing this to me? He was doing it to himself. It's an African mindset. We're always looking for who to blame. You know, this morning and yesterday, I thanked God for it again. That Lord, thank you for giving me freedom. I don't blame people for anything in my life. Doesn't mean things have always gone right. Though. Many times they have gone wrong. They've gone wrong if sometimes they are very mysterious ways. Sometimes the thing that went wrong is a mysterious thing in itself. But you know what? It has never crossed my mind to be afraid of enemies because of it. Never. So I remembered it again yesterday and today. And I personally alone, I started thanking God again. Now, is it not so, is it not lovely, Lord, to live freely? I don't know whether you get my point. Yes. I don't, I don't look over my shoulder and tell my children, eh, no, eh, you know, we have read. Eh, that uncle greeted you. Why? Why are we answering him? Did you see his eyes? You know, those kind of things. It's not necessary. They are typical African man. They're just afraid of the enemy. And Jesus said, don't worry about the enemy. Worry about yourself. And that's what the preaching is about today. It's about you. When you pray, it's about you. It's about aligning yourself to the will of God in your life. Because many times we walk away from it. I know the truth. Many times we don't know. In the midst of doing right. No, I say it, I say it all the time. The temptation of the good man is a good thing. But it's still a temptation. It's still disobedience to God. For example, sometimes preachers start doing the one God did not send them in trying to do what is right for people. Kenegin said to us when I was doing one of his messages that the Lord told him clearly that, you know, they started healing school. To tell you some of those temptations. Healing school. Before he knew what was happening, they would spend one hour in praise worship. They would take testimonies. They would be counseling people. They one day were just feeling unsettled. Make, let me make a long story short. The Lord said, what did you call it? Healing school. What did you call it healing school? It's not the school of praise worship, counseling, and healing, is it? He said, no. Healing school, so teach on healing. So he came back and said, guys, no more praise worship. No more testimonies. Please, if you want counseling, go back to your houses. We don't counsel people here. 
That's it. So they come for a meeting. They say opening prayer. They sing one or two songs just to get themselves spiritually warmed up. Then he brings the Bible and starts teaching on healing. When he finishes teaching, he lays hands on people and everybody goes home. He's not counseling you. He said, don't didn't you come from a church? Don't have a pastor there. You come and ask me for counsel. Do I know you? You come and lie to me. Half of the things you are telling me are not true. Your pastor knows. You can't lie to that one. Go to that one for counsel. Now, what am I talking about? It. Good thing, right? But it was a temptation for him. It was taking him off the direction of God. That is why it's so important. You pray the prayer all the time. One day, pastor came to us with us a prayer here. At the end, I said, pastor, okay, don't, don't deceive us. Yeah? He said, let's thank God that we are doing his will. I said, who told you? I said, how do you know? And I meant it. You remember that day? I said, no, 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 no. Don't assume. He said, let's thank God that we are staying on the, line, on, on the straight path. I said, if you are confessing it by faith, yes, I'm, I'm on, your, on your side. But to just look and say, we are doing it right, bros, it's a sign that you are doing it wrong. That statement is an indictment. You, mu- you must be wrong somewhere. What are you talking about? So that day I told him, I said, please, I told everybody, I said, please don't mind him. Oh. He's confused, though. So that was why. <laughs> it's right to pray. Lord, keep us on the right track. It's a good prayer. Because if you say, we thank God that we're doing everything right, what it means is that you're not planning to change. What it means is that you're not planning to improve. What it means is that you are conceited. Actually, you are confused. You don't know there are many more things that God has set in front of you that you have not yet reached into. A prayer I pray to God every day is, Lord, please let me not be a hindrance to that which you want to do. If I prayed yesterday, I will still pray today. And I will pray it again tomorrow. I won't stop praying it. 2022 or whatever new year you are stepping into will not become good because something outside changed. It will become better than before because something inside you changed. Did you hear what I said? It will not become good because something outside changed. It will become better than it was before. Better than it has ever been, than your years before have ever been because something inside you changed. That's why what I meant when I said one of the fundamental uses of prayer is to change yourself into the person that God wants you to be. And let me just say this before we stop the teaching and start praying. Many of the circumstances around in life, okay, they're actually speaking to you in that regard. One of the worst things you do to yourself is always looking for who to blame, including the head of state. Some Christians are champions in blaming the head of state. Now, people look and say, oh, why? what's going on? What's going on? Hey, the president does it. President, president, president. No, in the midst of all of these things, you know what I always do? Now, can I, oh God, Apostle, how many are we going to take now? Fifteen. All right. How many have we used already? Ten. Five more. Ah, we have, uh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> we said we have used ten, we have fifteen for today. So let's take one more. See, we are in Eastern Nigeria. God is not looking at everybody. I want you to know that. He's looking at his people. He always has his people amongst the people. His people, we are called the church. It is our attitude that will decide what will happen next. It is our own heart as, a peop- as the people of God. We are very powerful with God. If we just change our own attitude. Now, let's start seeing from above, not from beneath. When I see all of this, I don't see it. Me and you can talk, analyze politics. Analyze the strategies of IPOB, uh, the, the uh, IPOB faction, 
federal government, state government, we can say all of those things, okay? But at the end of the day, I look from above. I look at the spirit that's been poured upon the land. And I look at what that spirit is trying to do. If it's a spirit of judgment, there's a way we need to pray about it. Because when God decrees judgment, it comes, there's always physical explanation. There will always be. So when things like this happen, please, not, it's not time for finger pointing. It is time for introspection. What is wrong with us? That's the question. What is wrong with us? What is the judgment going on in the heavens? How do we... Now, the problem is us. Yes, it's us. It has to be. I want to say us now. I'm not talking about the people of the East. Now, I'm talking about the church within the East, in the, within Eastern Nigeria. And so when I look at the church within, within that Eastern Nigeria, when I see some of the things we do, eh, I shake my head. Now, you know why I shake my head? Because I know God will punish people. Because, see, let me tell you the truth. Eh? I consider myself very important. You can call it arrogance. That's your problem. I consider myself very important. And that I put my two feet on this soil. And I pray for the soil. If you demand, God will kill you so that he can deliver people. I'm not joking about that too. All these bishops are better here. If you don't divorce your head from the common thinking and become spiritual so that you can lead the people in spiritual revival so that the land can be blessed. If you want to bring judgment against this land, the prayer people like me have prayed, the prayer that we have prayed will work against you because God, because you know there's something about divine, God never, listen, he never blesses disobedience. He never blesses disobedience. He can suspend judgment against it, but he will never bless it. The sign of his love when you are disobedient is correction. And many times he corrects you with the rod of men. Bear it in mind. But he will never bless disobedience. So when you keep on praying for blessing, you will say these are the masters of disobedience. If you insist on the blessing, he will remove those masters of disobedience and give them shepherds after his own heart who will teach them obedience. That's how he does it. Because no matter how much you pray, if the people continue in disobedience, they can never be blessed. He doesn't have the capacity to bless people who are in disobedience. That's how God is. Like I say all the time, people come to me, hey, God, eh, polygamy, nothing wrong with it. I say, go and read your Bible. Who practiced polygamy and was happy? He may not say anything. You read your Bible, he loved David, loved the man to pieces, could not bless his family, could not bless his home. Try as he may have tried, he could not. So you see David, righteous king. David took every piece of land that God promised and more. Converted that nation to an empire. Nations around subjected themselves to him. It was an honor to be related with David. But David couldn't sleep at home peacefully. Once he got home, it is fight. One son stabbed one son. One son did this one. Finally, one day, one raped the sister. So those of you are looking for justification for, for polygamy, go. You will find. Go. You know, Polygamous, you can still go to heaven. But while you are on earth, you will live in hellfire. Now, what I'm going to say is that, so, I'm not going to talk about marriage now, but to let you understand that, despite the fact that God loved David, he could not bless his disobedience. Did you notice that? 
And sometimes, you know, God will say anything. Just by the way, he's not talking doesn't mean he's right. You have to every day talk to yourself. You know, I was telling my wife this morning, we were discussing the house. I mentioned somebody, I said, that guy is backslidden. I said, I'm sure. He wanted to know how, how come I'm sure. I said, he has never re- recommended a book to me before. Now, listen to what I'm going to say. This is how you know that you are backslidden. I hope you are looking at yourself. Look at your neighbor, please. Tell him, please, I hope, I hope you are looking at yourself. Uh-huh. Let me prove to you you are backslidden. Because there is nothing you... you if you are, look, you are backsliding. If you are not doing anything, I'm saying. If you have not, listen. Okay, let me first say what I told my wife. Then you now apply it to yourself. I told my wife, I said, this guy must be backsliding. He said, what do you mean? I said, I've known him for some time. He has never recommended a book for me. He's a Christian I've known for decades. I said, in recent years, I can't remember him recommending the book. He said, Banky, I read this book. You need to read it. I said, he has not recommended a preacher to me. Maybe in the last 15, 20 years. To say, Banky, please, this preacher, Kai, the guy is on fire, and you should listen to him. We have never had a discussion that he's telling me, this, I mean, this man I discovered that's teaching the... I said, not once. He can't tell me, this is the person I'm listening to now. He won't even tell me, my pastor said this. I said, what does that tell you? He's not learning anything. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I said, say, look, he's not learning anything. If he's not learning anything, he's not growing. And these are spiritual things. Are once you are not growing, you are falling. You know, I have to thank God. You know the reason? This morning, my daughter knocked on the door. What is it? I came to collect messages. I said, "Okay, come back in one hour," because I outlined I wasn't. I needed. She had a new device, so I needed to pack. Because I told all of them, <laughs> I gave them the recordings, Ken Higgin, and Pastor Banky. They must listen to every day. So you see my children with device in their pocket with earphone in their ear. <laughs> Sometimes they pl- unplug it. You hear, you hear their daddy's voice. Are, there's Pastor Banky and there's daddy. They are two distinct human beings. Yes. I'm a preacher in my house. So I had to, t- so the children know you listen to Pastor Banky, you listen to Derek Prince, you listen to Kenneth Higgin. So I curated some messages and gave to them. Each person take. So my daughter came this morning to come and say, please, do I have a new device. Where's my own? If you have a friend who has never told you, man, I heard something, you need to hear it. It's not a good friend. I read this book. I think you should read this book. She's not a good friend. She's not, she's not going anywhere yet, pulling you backward. I told my wife that this morning. I said, I said think about it. It was, it was something led to it. I said, these are backsliding human beings. Now, I'm not trying to judge anybody. I was not thinking to myself, nah, how far? Are you backsliding? Apostle. I know you are not backstage because you are always quoting that old man for me. He, he, this guy is not backstage. Because there's, there's no time I see him and Israel and could, they won't be telling me what one old man taught them. That one old man said this and he said this and there's a way the man explained this and I'll be not. And I said, please, carry me go this place. Where, because these boys, they are very, very smart. You know what they are doing? When they have now become big, they will now displace me from here. Pastor, go and sit down. <laughs> we, have, we, have learned some, we have learned some cocoa things. <laughs> The Lord is good. Now, that, that's what I was saying. Ask yourself, what have I been eating recently? Yeah, if, I'm talking spiritually. Except you are feeding on the word regularly, you are backsliding. You know one of the reasons? The world talks to you every day. Unfortunately, it's one funny thing that God did. I don't know why it did like that, but that's the way it is. The negative things come naturally. 
the positive ones must be sought. You have to, look, you put on TV, natural programming is bad. It's bad news, it's immorality. When you want the good thing, you have to buy it. You have to slot the CD, uh, what they call it, the disc, the flash at the back of your TV. You have to subscribe to, you have to, you, so, you have to find it. That's how truth is. It's usually buried. Let me add this one to it. Then we'll start praying. As you imbibe more truth, you realize what you need to pray about concerning yourself. Yes, the more you imbibe truth, the more prayer points concerning redirecting your life right comes to you. That's, that's just the way it works. As truth is coming, it's giving you prayer points. Remember the night, I can't ever forget that night. I went to church in Lagos, Winners Chapel, came back home, collected the tape. I went to do a tape exchange. If I, I had this habit of listening to a message till I fall asleep. And that tape, Bishop Udipo began to preach. I just put it in 45 minutes. Let me just hear it before I sleep. After I prayed for the first five minutes, I got up so I wouldn't fall asleep. I sat so that I wouldn't fall asleep. When the man finished preaching, what he said, I remember it, but what I heard was so clear that the plans you are making are not my plans. They are yours. It was so clear. The man just prayed for 45 minutes. If these plans I had made to rearrange my life that time, God said, let me correct this boy. And I went to hear that tape that day. I will never, the, the tape was titled Rima, the living word of God. And what he was trying to say is that, listen, in summary, there is a specific word God has for you each time. And there is a specific plan he has. You have to try and get that plan. And you know one thing about these things? Some people say, how do I hear God? How do I hear God? Sometimes you have, you have to understand, you do, there's no method. The knowledge of that fact alone is revelation. That is, once I heard that, I don't know how I knew, but I instantly knew that I was making the wrong plans. And that God's plan for me that time was to stay where I was. I wanted to leave Lagos that time. As soon as I heard that, next day, I went and rearranged my whole life. Of course, when it was time to pray, nobody needed to beg me to pray. I was praying, repenting of my own ways. Do you get my point? Receiving the plan of God, begging the Lord to lead me in the path of righteousness for his own name's sake, and committing my life to him again, that may I never do that which is not pleasing to him, may I never go where he doesn't want me to go, may I never succeed in the plans that I make for myself that are not his plans, that was the prayer. Listen, if I'm in the right place, let all the witches become one and attack me. They can't succeed. And I don't have to be aware of it. Therefore, let us rise. Let us pray. You want the year to be right? You use your prayer to set yourself right. That's it. It is not about outside. It's not about the president. It's not about government policies. When we start teaching, God's allowing us, my whole plan is to teach on the fact that, listen, Peter sank, not because water sinks people, but because of unbelief. So anytime you are giving excuses around for the reason why things are not going right with you, you are walking in unbelief. Because even though those things are not right, with faith you can walk on the water. So let's begin to pray. First of all, let's start with Thanksgiving. What is a Thanksgiving? That God has a plan for your life. 
That is the thanksgiving. The knowledge of that fact. That you know that he has a plan for your life. That is the thanksgiving. Say, Lord, I thank you because you have a plan for me. Lord, I thank you because your plan is good. Lord, I thank you because your plan is the best. Nothing can be better than it. Lord, I thank you because I know that my plans are inferior to yours. It's Thanksgiving. Quickly, open your Bibles. I want us to read this together. Psalm 139. Psalm 139, quickly. You know the preferred version that we like to use? This is our prayer. Remember, I started with Thanksgiving. Do you remember that? So, everybody, open to Psalm 139. If you are there, say amen. If you are not there, say please wait for me. Okay, we are waiting for a few people. You have about five more seconds to get there. All right, you are going to be going to verse 13. And we are going to read all the way to verse 18. If you are there, let's read together. One, two, let's go. For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance. In your book were all written, the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I should count them, they will outnumber the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Now, please, notice something he said in verse 14. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. That's why we read this, because we started with thanksgiving. What does it mean to be fearfully and wonderfully made? It's simple. It doesn't mean you are the most beautiful person in the world when the world looks at you. It just means you are perfectly suited for the assignment that God has for your life. And that's the most important thing. So take a moment, meditate on this. Read that from verse um, 13 to verse 18 again. And begin to give thanks for each thing that is inside there. I want you to read this. It's called meditation. Read out the scriptures. Read them out loud. Lord, you form my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I give thanks to you. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I want to give the Lord thanks. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Yes, you've made me perfect for the purpose that you created me for. He said Moses was a beautiful child. It means that he was made for a particular purpose and his parents knew. So give thanks. You were made for a particular purpose. Your life is not an accident. Are you giving thanks there? Read those scriptures out to the Lord. Thank him. Thank him. You are not disadvantaged in any form. There are those who still wish they were born in America. No. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for I was fearfully and wonderfully made. Everything I need for my purpose you have provided. Thank you, Lord. Wonderful are your works. You don't make mistakes. You did not make a mistake with me. Give the Lord thanks for that. Lord, you did not make a mistake with me. Give him thanks. I wanted to even thank him for the mistakes of the past. Now, I've told you before, if you bring God into any event, you'll be amazed at how good can come out of it. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. Not cause for grumbling. Thanksgiving all the way. 
Thank you. The year I wanted to enter into university, they closed schools that year. I stayed at home for the next two years. I want to give him praise for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The year I wanted to get married, it didn't work that year. I had to wait two more years. The year I wanted to have children, it didn't work. I had to wait two more years, three more years. Lord, I thank you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You have great thoughts for me. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. I'm not saying some of the things you are giving God thanks for. It felt good then. No. We are saying that if we bring God into them, good will come out of that. That is called the power of resurrection. It's the power of resurrection. When God takes that which was dead and brings life out of it, ah, you will exercise yourself in thanksgiving this evening. To look back. First, look at your life right now. Look at your person. Look at where you are and thank God. <laughs> when Jonah began to give thanks, the deliverance was still dark. He just had a little bit of deliverance. He was still in the belly of the fish. He prayed when he was inside the water. His prayer was not in the belly of the fish. When he got into the belly of the fish, he began to give a lot of thanks. So even though you have not seen the bright thing that you think you should be seeing, this is the time to give thanks. There's no electricity in the belly of the fish. Jonah was in utter darkness when he was giving thanks. Jonah was in utter darkness when he was giving thanks. No electricity in the belly of the fish. What am I saying to you? Give thanks. I, I want you to give thanks this evening. Give the Lord thanks for all the disappointments, all the failures, all the successes. All the victories, all the provisions, all the luck you experienced, give thanks. Because he's working all the time in your life. He's working, always working. He's working all the time, always working, always working. Always working. Always working. Give him thanks. He's always working in your life. Remember, prayer is to set, in fact, that's the first place people need to get it right. The place of thanksgiving. Murmuring was what destroyed the people of Israel in the wilderness. They murmured about what they didn't have. Meanwhile, God had given them deliverance. Thank you for you have been delivered from sin. You are here this evening or you are listening to this. That's deliverance from sin. <laughs> That's deliverance from sin. That is deliverance from sin. Please just listen to this. I want you to listen to this for a moment. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the stomach of the fish. And he said, I called out of my distress to the Lord. So this was not when he prayed. This was when he began to recount the prayer he prayed. This is second stage of prayer. That's what I'm going to explain. I called out. It was past tense here. I called out of my distress to the Lord and he answered me. And he was in the belly of the fish. I cried for help from the depth of shore. He was at the bottom of the waters. You heard my voice, for you had, you had cast me. It's you. You cast me into the deep, into the heart of the sea, and the current engulfed me. All your breakers and billows passed over me. So I said, I have been expelled from your sight. Nevertheless, I will look again toward your holy temple. Water encompassed me to the point of death. The great deep engulfed me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I descended to the root of the mountains. The earth with its bars was around me forever. 
but you have brought me. Now notice this. This was being said in the belly of the fish. But you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. While I was fainting away, I remembered. See, past tense. He prayed this prayer inside the waters. I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you, into your holy temple. Those who regard vain idols forsake their faithfulness. But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. That which I have vowed I will pay. Salvation is from the Lord. Verse 10 says, I'm reading chapter 2. Verse 10 says, Then the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah up onto the dry land. Anybody waiting to see all the breakthrough before he gives thanks will digest in the belly of the fish. Did you hear what I said? Jonah was thrown into the waters. While he was drowning was when he prayed. And God sent him deliverance. And what's deliverance? Fish without electricity inside. No light. Listen. You start giving the Lord thanks before things start working right. He has some, at least now I'm not dead anymore. I was going to die, at least now I'm alive. There's always something to give thanks for. And I'm giving it to you this evening as an instruction from heaven. Until you, now, you know there's bribery thanksgiving. What I call bribery thanksgiving. They say if we thank God, we will be delivered. Omo, that one does not work. What did I say? It doesn't work. The thanksgiving that works is true gratitude. It's thanksgiving that you are saying because you know you should do it. Because it is right. Because if the Lord had not been on your side, you would have been dead. Because the little mercy you have experienced, he didn't owe it to you, but he gave it to you. One more minute. Give the Lord thanks from the bottom of your heart. Like Jonah. Recognize that you may be in the belly of the fish. Give thanks. That is number one place we need to set ourselves aright. Too much grumbling. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Quickly open your Bible to Romans chapter 12. Prayer is to set ourselves aright. That's the primary thing. We're going to take some confessions the moment I just finished praying. Are you in chapter 12? Now let's read together. Well, let me just read. Just note verse 12. Oh, yeah, let's read together. From verse one, in chapter 12, we are reading from um, verse 1. We are reading all the way to verse Verses 1 and 2, alright? Now, one to let's go. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, and be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove that what the root of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Notice that he said, Present your bodies. Now, he was writing to unbelievers here. They should give their lives to Christ, right? Huh? Ah. You don't think so? Oh, he was writing to whom? To believers. That means it's possible to be a believer and not have done this. That's where I was going. It is possible to be a believer and not have done this. And not have deliberately presented your bodies as a living and holy Sacrifice. It's possible, yes. Can I say something to you quickly? Christianity is not negotiation. It's death to self. Sometimes people say that, let, let me just drop this for a minute. 
Look at our country. Beautiful country, amen? A lot of troubles around. Yeah, that's not a lie. You see things like that. There are times I reason. People see, I mean, it still happened this December. I sat with some friends. My wife was there. Another one of the wives was there. Three of us, three men, two wives. We sat and we were talking. And the lamentation started again. Problem with this country, problem with this country. They can just do it. You can just get kidnapped. You can just get talk, 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 talk. And the two people I was speaking with, well to do people, my friends. When one built his, his, the building of his business, he told me then that he spent a hundred million naira. Didn't borrow a dime. If he did, he paid back quickly. And this country is so things like that get me thinking. No, don't worry, I'm not running anywhere. No. <laughs> so they're like, no, they're just they should just leave this country. My wife wanted to collapse. No other reason. Look at the caliber of people that want to run. The most comfortable. What's the problem? There's no constant power. She pointed out, but both of you have constant power in your homes. I know. She told them like that. You may have been the one to provide it, but it's there. And it's constant. And the one you are going to get in America is not free. It's not free. Ask one of my friends once. How much power do you pay? Let's see, do you pay in this house? He said, when he first moved in that, the first month he paid $700. One month. The house is not a fantastically big house. Four bedroom duplex. I said, what? $700 US dollars. In today's night, how much is that? That's three. That's $350,000. $350,000. $350,000. It's not his fault. You don't blame him. When you hear such figures, you too, you miscalculate. So, listen, I'm not saying this. You know, we're not saying things are perfect. I'm just trying to say, listen, that at least you could do it. Um, you know the way I say it? It's God. No, it's God. It's not your effort. It's God that gave it to you like that. You have to give him thanks for that. So, we sat and we're thinking. I said, ah. So, I now thought to myself, listen to this. Banky, what's your own problem? Because now I don't argue with people too much. What is motivating you is not motivating them. That's just what the difference is. They are not stupid people. You are not wiser than them, really, in calculating and making choices. It's what you, what you are looking for. That's just what the issue is. So I asked myself, what is my own issue? So I, I reasoned about it again. It is that I understand, and listen to this, it applies to everybody. It's not special, it's not me. I understand that God has a specific assignment, a specific purpose, and a specific location for each person at each point in time. And I'm not allowed to depart from that place because I'm looking for comfort. That is the spirit of Demas. Now, so what if, while you are doing your purpose, you die? Those who are not doing purpose, you know what I noticed? They also die. (laughs) I hope you are getting my point. But then that's not them I want to talk about. What if you die? It's called being what? A living sacrifice. I'm not doing what I'm doing because of guarantee of life. I'm doing what I'm doing because it's a divine assignment. And some of the people doing divine assignment, they do die in the process. I'm sorry. I'm not saying it's nice. But it's the reality. We're not preaching the gospel of sweet, sweet, sweet. We're preaching the gospel of truth. That is why I, it annoys me to give so that you can get more. God doesn't guarantee he will give you more because you give. Please, if you don't want to give, don't give. Eat your money all by yourself. Because people do the right things for the wrong reasons. Why do we give? I'll tell you. Part of it is God. We are living what? Sacrifices. 
Everything we live for, everything we do, our lives is for somebody's service. And his name is Jesus Christ. Can we put our hands up this evening again and say to him, Lord, look at me. Accept me as a living sacrifice. That this year, I commit to live for you alone. Say it to him. Accept me as a living sacrifice. I commit. Do it deliberately. There are Christians that have not done it. They still see God as an accessory to their comfort. Say to him, Lord, I give you my life. I lay my body down on your altar now. I am a living sacrifice. Do with me whatever you desire. Send me wherever you want me to go. Keep me wherever you want to keep me. Give me the assignment that is pleasing to you. That's the prayer. I am a living... Lord, I yield myself. Send me where I'm supposed to go. Lord, just let it be clear. Help me with one thing, Lord, I'm asking you. Let me know it's you I'm serving. Let me, be, let me not be one punching as I'm punching the air. I don't know what is going on. Let me know, but I yield myself today. Whatever business I'm doing, Lord, I give it to you. I give, it's your business. It's not my business. I'm working for you. My ministry, no, 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 it's not my ministry. It's your ministry. I'm working there. My family, they are not mine. They are yours. You sent my wife, my husband into my life so that together we can do your will. We yield ourselves again to that purpose. The children, oh, oh, they are yours in training for the army of God. I yield everything again. I yield everything again. I yield my body. I yield my members. Lord, let sin not be found in me. It's an important prayer. Lord, this flesh... I, I subdue it. I put it under. He said, this is the will of God concerning you. Your sanctification. This body, we must give it to the Lord totally. This body is an instrument of righteousness. Lord, I yield with my mouth. I say to you, my father, my Lord Jesus, take, take my hand, my hands, my feet, my eyes, my brain, my lungs, my heart, my liver, my skin, my intellect, my bones, everything. Instruments of righteousness for you alone. I consecrate my members from today. They will serve you alone. They will not serve human traditions. They will not serve the flesh. They will not serve my ambition. They will serve you alone. Whatever I have been doing that I'm not supposed to be doing. And as you are saying it, you will know. Many people will know. You will know. There are friendships you are not supposed to keep. There are men who are giving you attention. Don't, you don't want the attention. You won't marry that guy. You know. There's no chance. He's not born again. He has not given his life to Christ. It's nice. Oh? Niceness is how they carry you into perdition. So forget that niceness thing. Say, Lord, I will not marry a man that is not pleasing to you. That is, the person must be pleasing to you before I find him pleasing. 
Now I said to the cut off every relationship that's not of you in my life. Cut them off. Cut them off. Some of them are, they are even Christians. They are not blessing me. They are not helping me, Lord. But you know, maybe I don't know. Lord, I just want to live for you. I commit myself fully. By your mercy, O oh Lord, I present my body as a living and holy sacrifice. I give you, Lord, my spiritual service of worship. That is a prayer. Now I pray to the Lord. Say, Lord, let the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, be acceptable to you. That's an important prayer. Like, look, that is what it's all about. <laughs> that's, what it's, that's what it's about. The prayer is first of all to set us right. That is how you change the year. That's how you change the year. That is how you change the year. Let's open our Bibles quickly. We want to use that one to pray. Open your Bibles quickly. Psalm 19. That is, listen, that's prayer. Prayer, first of all, is about you. It's not about the country. It's not about the society. It's not about the enemies. It's not about poverty. It's not about riches. It is first about you. Being what God made you to be. Psalm 19. We're reading from verse 7. We're reading from verse 7 to, the, to verse 14, which is the end. If you are there, say amen. amen. If you are not there, say please wait for me. Okay, we're all there. One, two, let's go. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise is simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. They are more desirable than gold. Yes, more than fine gold. Sweet also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Acquit me of hidden faults. Also keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, and I shall be acquitted of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my God, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. Now, you know what we are going to do? We are going to take that verse 7 to verse 14 that we just read. Each one, you use it. What, what, that's what I will pray in my house. We call them meditation. Tell the children, we read like this here, begin to meditate. And each person begins to recite those scriptures out to the Lord. And then you amplify your voice when you get to verse, um, yeah, from verse 12 to verse 14 as a prayer. I hope you're getting my point. So this is how you do. Just begin to meditate on those words. You have a few minutes. You just have about three minutes for that. The law of the Lord. You, you personalize it. You talk to yourself. The law of the Lord is perfect. It restores my soul. If I pay attention to it, my soul will be restored. The testimony of the Lord is sure makes me wise. No matter how simple or foolish I am, if I focus on the testimony of the Lord, I become wise. The presence of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. They bring joy to my heart. If I know the presence of the Lord, I know these commandments, they are pure. They enlighten my eyes. They cause me to see things that others don't see. The fear of the Lord is clean, 
endures forever. I can never make it wrongly. I can never be wrong if I'm walking in the fear of God. I can never be misled if I'm walking in the fear of God. The fear of God is clean. It keeps me pure. It keeps me clean. It kept Joseph when he feared God. It kept Joseph from Potiphar's wife. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. I walk in the hope of his judgment, obeying his word, obeying his will. His word is judgment. They are more desirable than gold. Yes, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. That's how the word of the Lord is to me. That's how the instructions of God are to me. That's how the judgments of the Lord are to me. Moreover, by them I am warned. I am kept from the path of the wicked one. I am kept from the path of the adulterous woman. I am kept from the path of the tempter. I am kept from the path of those who lead people astray, who snatch away their destiny by making them walk in iniquity. The word of the Lord keeps me away from them. In the name of Jesus, I commit myself to this word again. In this word, I will meditate day and night. Moreover, this word, by them, your servant is warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Yes, that's where my reward is. Whatever I'm looking for in life, whatever I need to have that I may not even know, is in keeping the word of God, the commandments of God, the judgments of God. That's where my reward is coming from. Now, that's how you meditate. That's how you meditate. You talk to yourself in the word of God. In the word, you meditate day and night. Yes, that's how you meditate. Take this word. Let's speak to yourself in it. Speak to yourself in it. Now remember, pray that prayer from verse 12. Who can discern his errors? Lord, acquit me of hidden faults. Keep back your servants, Lord, from presumptuous sins. Let me not disobey you. Let me not disobey you. Let them not rule over me. Then I will be blameless. And I shall be acquitted of great transgression. Lord, let the words of my mouth in this new year let the meditations of my heart, the things that I desire, the things that I think about, the things that I contemplate, Lord, let the words that I speak to myself, to you, to other people, let all this be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, my God and my Redeemer. This year I will not speak my words. I will speak your words alone. This year is not my words, but your words, oh, Lord. That is what I will speak. Lord, let my words, let them be acceptable to you in the name of Jesus. Let my words be acceptable to you, Father, in the name of Jesus. I consecrate my tongue. I consecrate my tongue. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Quickly again, we will read a few more scriptures, then we'll leave here. But remember, what we are doing, we are just setting ourselves what? Right. God has a plan for our life. Somebody say amen. amen. Say after me, the Lord has a plan, the Lord has a plan. for my life. He has a word, has a word. For, my life. for my life. He has a purpose, has a purpose. For, my for my life. Say that word, that word. I, will I will obey. That purpose, that purpose. I, will I will fulfill. That plan, that I will walk in it. Walk in, in the name of Jesus. Name. Say it, I reject, I reject my own plan. I reject the plan of the world. I reject the plan of the devil. Now listen to this. I reject the plan of fear. That one, I think that's one of the most important things we have said now. You know the plan of fear? The people are afraid, what will happen tomorrow? So they, you know, that's, they are using to make plans today. Scheming because of what will come upon the world tomorrow. Will I be able to pay children's school fees? They are saving up money on the earth because of children that are just 10 years old. So they can go to university. They never have to start secondary school. And you are afraid. You are disobeying Jesus Christ directly. Say, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't lay up treasure on the earth. 
He said those things directly. He knew what he said. Say it again. I reject my own plans. I reject, my own plans. I reject the plan of fear. I reject the plan of fear. Say fear will not control me. Fear will not control me. Faith will control me. Trust will control me. Faithfulness will control me. Holiness will control me. Righteousness will control me. Say Jesus is my Lord. I will obey him. I will walk in his path. I will walk in his plan. I will fulfill his destiny for my life. Say, in the name of Jesus Christ. Quickly, let's read this on Jeremiah chapter 1. This is the first thing we have to do with prayer, oh brethren. It's not for our needs. It's to make sure that we are right. Many times, God has given people blessings. But they use it for what is not holy. What does it mean to use it for what is not holy? Holiness is recognizing God's purpose. Holiness, you see, righteousness talks about conduct. It talks about method. It talks about precepts. That's righteousness. What are the principles upon which you do things? So the principle of faithfulness is the principle of righteousness, okay? But holiness talks about what purpose are you serving? Whose purpose? That's even better. Whose purpose are you serving? So people are doing things the right way for a wrong person's purpose. They are building a business for the memory of their father. Sometimes, and this is there's a fine line. God didn't give you that assignment necessarily. If God doesn't want to build a business in the memory of your father, forget it. God will tell you this is the reason why I wanted to build a business. If he decides to use your father's name to make you happy, sometimes he does that. But that's not the primary purpose. You have to locate his own purpose. And that is what is called holiness. Holiness is whose purpose are you serving? We often use the two interchangeably. But they are actually different. It's possible to take principles of righteousness and use them for a wrong purpose. For example, um, what's the name of our prophet? Balaam. He knew, listen to this, he knew how to make God talk. He knew the sacrifices to offer. And those sacrifices were not arbitrary. They were the exact same sacrifices that God told Job to offer for his friends. He knew how to make things speak in heaven. But why did God have to kill him? Because he was using all of this knowledge against the purpose of God. His mind, all the while, was to help Balak succeed and to make Israel fail. God kept on blocking him. Finally, he called Balak to the side and said, this is how you would make these people stumble. Basically, he went against God's purpose. God has said, those who bless you, I will bless. Those who curse you, I will curse. That was a blessing gift to Abraham. And these people were walking in the blessing of Abraham. Balaam went against it. I hope you're getting my point. Even though he knew the right buttons to press, he knew the right sacrifices to offer, but he died. God had to punish him because he was not walking in what we call sanctification or holiness. What is holiness? It is to serve the purpose of God alone. Before we read this prayer, please just read for 30 seconds before we read. Pray again. Tell the Lord, I want to serve your purpose alone. All the things you are teaching me, many people are praying prayers that are not serving the purpose of God. 
And that's often what the problem is. Just say, just consecrate yourself to the Lord again. Lord, I want to serve your purpose alone. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. All right, quickly open to Jeremiah chapter 1. I would not like to say amen. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Uh-huh. Jeremiah chapter 1. I'm going to read from verse 4. Jeremiah chapter 1. If you're there, say amen. amen. All right. I'll read from verse 4. He said, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Alas, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, because I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth, because everywhere I send you, you shall go. Somebody say amen. amen. Now that was not, an, that was not a, um, how do I say it? it? wasn't advice. I hope you get the point. It was empowering him. Now I want to empower you. Now the Lord is saying to you, everywhere he sends you, you shall go. Amen. And everything he commands you, you shall speak. Amen. You will not be afraid of them. Amen. You will not be afraid of anything. Amen. For he will be with you to deliver you. Amen. Says the Lord. Amen. Now listen to verse 9. He said, the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. We're going to end it here. Please, touch your own mouth. Yeah, touch your mouth. Put a hand over your mouth like this. Just put your hand. I want to pray. As your hand is over your mouth, that is the hand of the Lord. Amen. And he's touching your mouth right now and he's saying to you, I have appointed you this day over the nations Amen. and over kingdoms. Amen. With this mouth, you will pluck up. Amen. You will break down. Amen. You will destroy. Amen. You will overthrow. Amen. You will pluck up unrighteousness. Amen. You will break down evil. Amen. You will destroy unrighteousness. Amen. You will overthrow evil. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. With this mouth, you will build and you will plant. Amen. You will plant the will of God in your life. Amen. You will plant the will of God in your environment. Amen. With this mouth, you will build and you will plant. Amen. You will plant prosperity in your environment. Amen. You will plant peace of mind in your homes. Amen. You will plant peace of mind in the hearts of those who hear you. Amen. You know, some people, when they speak, people become afraid. Now, you will never speak words of fear. Amen. You will speak words of the fear of God. Amen. You will speak words that will make people fear God. Amen. But they will never fear any other thing. As a result of your words, they will be comforted. Amen. This mouth, you yield it today as an instrument of righteousness. Amen. Say that by yourself. Say this mouth. This mouth. Today, today, I yield it I yield as an instrument of righteousness. As an instrument of the propagation of the word of God. I will speak the word of God. I will speak the judgment of God against iniquity. I will speak the blessing of God on righteousness. Say it, I will overthrow. I will pluck up. I will break down. I will destroy. I will destroy evil. I will destroy disobedience in my life and around me. But I will build and I will plant. I will plant righteousness. 
I will plant holiness. I will plant healing. I will plant the power of God. It is for me. The season of the manifestation of the Spirit of God. And the power of God. In the name of Jesus Christ. See, as you have spoken, so you will experience in Jesus' name. Today, you have been anointed afresh as an instrument of righteousness. Today, you are anointed afresh as an instrument of the propagation of the will of God. Today, you are anointed afresh as an instrument of the propagation of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has come to wherever you step into. In the name of Jesus Christ. Listen, this is is a summary of all the prayer we have prayed today. From now on, no one here is living for himself. No one here is living for herself. Everyone here, you are living for the will of the Father. You are living for righteousness. You are living for the kingdom of God. In everything you do, the kingdom of God will be first. You know what Jesus said? All other things will be added unto you. Yeah, this year is the year of ease. Now take that ease by force. Yes, it's a year of ease. That is nothing we will say to you. Amen. They said they're shooting in the neighborhood. Cover your head. Don't run. You hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? Yes, sir. If they're shooting in the neighborhood, you know what to do? Cover your head. With blanket. I don't mean with an electric iron or something. to, to, to put it. Just go and sleep. You know they could cover your head. I don't want to hear. Don't scare me. That's what I mean by cover your head. You are sleeping. They run. Say run. Go here. Cover your head. Keep sleeping. That's a word from heaven. You will not fear. Amen. You will not run helter skelter. Listen, the troubles of this world will not make you run at midnight. Amen. I command peace upon your home. Amen. I command peace upon your family. Amen. I command peace upon your body. Amen. If you wake up at night, stomach is paining, you say, I did go to the toilet. After that, I come back and sleep by force. Amen. This year, you won't go to hospital by midnight. Amen. Okay, apart from those who will be in labor, you can go anytime in peace. We free you. You will go in peace, amen? amen. You go born safely. Amen. If you don't want to go for midnight, God will let you go anytime you want to go. Amen. You know, when you go born for midnight, it's good also. After all, you conceive that midnight. It doesn't matter. You can born anytime. <laughs> it is the will of God. Why is he laughing suddenly? It's already got revelation. <laughs> but for everyone else, no hospital will be night for you. That's what I'm saying. Peace round about. As you have committed yourself to God afresh, so has he committed himself to blessing you afresh. In the name of Jesus Christ. This year you will not be praying, praying, success, success. (laughs) You will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And every other thing will be added unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Take a moment again and give it all thanks. It has been good.